Welcome back to GivePod, everyone, Greater Vancouver's business podcast. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. We're continuing our series, The R Word, with a focus today on mergers and acquisitions. 2021 was an exceptionally strong time for M&A activity, but the economic challenges and a potential recession activity is slowing. Joining us today to talk strategy in a down market is Craig Hoskins, partner, chair of private equity and venture capital group at Clark Wilson LLP. Nice to see you, Craig. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. So as I mentioned, 2021 was a very strong year. Did that surprise you given the economic challenges that were happening at that time just a year ago? Uh, I mean, I think it surprised everybody. You know, it sort of it was coming out of the pandemic year, which was very surprising, in, you know, in, in hindsight. And I guess at the time as well for uh, M&A uh, deal making, just because the expectation with the entire world economy being shut shut in was that you would see uh, a cliff sort of effect on uh, deal making. But mm-hmm. as we saw during the, uh, you know, once people quickly got their legs under them and understood how to communicate during a pandemic, um, 2020 actually was a fairly, fairly uh, active year. And it did set up um, 21, 2021 coming out of that as people started to emerge uh, to be you know, one of the record high um, deal years in terms of deal volume and deal sizes. So it was a huge 2021 was a super busy year. Uh, 2020, uh, sorry, 2022 in the trends that this was quite a significant fall off. There was Mm -hmm. almost 40% decline, according to one study I saw in North American transactions being completed in the M&A and and, uh, equity financing space. Of course, we also saw last year that the uh, capital markets being battered and bruised uh, significantly in sectors like the technology sector and others, which have been a bit of the driver of the market boom preceding that. So there was lots of things going on. Um, yeah, there's certainly no shortage of things going on. And maybe before yeah. we jump ahead and look to see uh, what's uh, in the forecast and and some strategy for the current conditions, you know, speaking of the pandemic, you joined Clark Wilson in the midst of the pandemic in 2020. So, but this, uh, I mean, the area of focus around mergers and acquisitions isn't new for you. Um, you know, talk a little bit about sort of the cycle that you have seen over the last several years and, 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 and maybe a bit more about what you see on the horizon. Yeah. Well, I've seen a lot of cycles in my career. <laughs> I think this is a podcast so people can't see my gray hair, but I, I've been around for uh, counting the decades now. So I've seen everything from, you know, the dot-com crash and, uh, you know, oil and gas uh, boom, oil sands development in Alberta, where I practiced for, for many years. Uh, so it, it is a cyclical area. Everybody knows that. Uh, it's hard to keep your uh, your confidence up uh, when we're seeing the kinds of headwinds that we're seeing in any number of areas these days. But but yeah, and there's no doubt that the last couple of years uh, until sort of middle of last year, uh, people have forgotten that you know, money costs something, you know, first time uh, in uh, this living memory for a lot of people in the workforce, uh, the fact that the interest rates are a factor in how you make decisions. Isn't All that true? I mean, if you've got young people uh, in your lives, whether you work with them or you've got young people in your family or uh, 
It really is a, quite a reminder. I mean, we, you and I were through the 80s, and I definitely remember interest rates in a, a double digit. But my kids who are in university, I mean, this is quite a change for them. And so it is important to remember it's cyclical. Yeah. And, and I think for, for advisors like us, lawyers and you know investment dealers and accountants, and part of our job is just to bring that experience with having seen different cycles and and reminding clients that you know there there are ways to to get through this and there are there are strategies and tactics that you can use to uh, to try to take advantage of opportunities. The opportunities are fewer. The execution risk is higher. That's kind of my mantra. Um, and uh, but but you know if if you're willing to uh, be a bit proactive. There are ways to address uh, some of the challenges. So maybe that's a, a good jumping off point uh, to talk about strategy and the tactics. So definitely fewer opportunities. So maybe from a macro level, do those opportunities exist in certain sectors right now, or are there certain conditions that make an opportunity better than others? Um, well, r- rather than getting into sector by sector basis, I'll leave that to financial advisors. <laughs> And, Fair and enough. My, my clients are way smarter at me and sort of speaking to sectors in general. One nice thing about Vancouver and British Columbia is it is a bit more of a diverse economic base than some of the other provinces. So, uh, you know, we, we do have the advantage that there are, you know, investors looking at all sorts of different opportunities that our economy does tend to generate. Um, but I, I maybe maybe I, I'll just respond to you with uh, just referring to our uh, one of our heroes in BC, uh, Jimmy Pattison, who's featured actually just coincidentally today in a I read it this morning. The mail interview it was yeah, fascinating yeah. to read. He's, Ninety-four years old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but you know he characterized um, he, he corrected the interviewer who quoted something to him about how to make money, and he said, "No, that's I don't remember saying that. That doesn't sound right." Uh, but his response was basically, you know, making money is all about finding the right opportunity and then executing. So it's as simple as that, and 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 it it's something I've I've actually been saying to clients for many years along the same lines. It's it's you know the the opportunities in a down market are fewer, so you you do have to be prepared to be visible to to you know where those opportunities are coming from and be ready to seize onto them. So that takes preparation. You mm-hmm. can't just wait for uh, someone to knock at the door and then re- to just be you know responsive and reactive. You need to you need to be prepared for when it's there. And then the other thing is in the down market, the the execution risk, which is a big part of every transaction. And it's a big part of what what uh, legal advisors are are in charge of managing for clients is, you know, it's great. You can get a great deal and sign a golden letter of intent and everybody's gung-ho about how the deal is going to be the best thing ever. And uh, in a down market, the risk that something's going to come up in the course of due diligence and negotiating the definitive documentation is much higher. So that's an area where you need to spend more time with your legal advisors. You need to get legal advisors and financial advisors who have, you know, extensive M&A and equity financing experience. So you don't get caught just responding. Cause if you're just responding in a market like this, there's a huge risk that your deal is going to, you know, flounder or fail. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be not going to get done. So you do need to take a little bit of extra and, and invest, you know, some extra time and money it's somewhat counterintuitively when you, Time and money are a little bit short in these these environments. So, what are the most important things to do then? You talked about preparation and due diligence. Um, so, what does that look like? You know, when you're talking to your clients, you, what are you highlighting for them? Um, well, it's it's about sitting down and 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 
budgeting to invest in getting some advice and getting a process in, in, underway to to get your your uh, business ready for either you know finding and, I, and I'm talking this is we're talking the sell side and the investee company mm-hmm. side here but for getting your company to be an attractive either M&A target or an investment opportunity so you know getting the right team of advisors in um, uh, formulating you know some short and medium term strategies and tactics to sort of uh, understand what the market is and to clarify how your business's value proposition fits into that market you know and and in the in specifically in the, the current cycle the market is in and that's where you know that's probably financial advisors are helpful for helping you to frame that and then and then really fo- formulate what your objectives are what the story is behind them and what the rationale is for the value that you're offering in this context on the on the other side so that's that's attracting that's getting yourself ready to attract and be able to be responding mm-hmm. to opportunities the other the other piece of that and it's more legal heavy is is managing the execution risk and and being prepared for making the most of the opportunities when they do arise and you know so adding the substance to your story inspiring confidence getting attention of the fewer players out there with the opportunities and then reducing the factors that contribute to the execution risk. And there's a whole bunch of specific tactics that flow from there. What would you say are some of the common, uh, maybe I'm going to say mistake, but it might be an oversight or something that gets missed quite frequently um, in times when, you know, there, there is this activity that's happening. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's some mundane things from the legal side, just like, you know, are your corporate records um, up to date and accurate and complete? Uh, don't wait for, you know, the buyers or the investors legal team to start reviewing and identifying deficiencies in your minute book, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which you'd be surprised how often you get pretty serious uh, issues that spot up. And uh, those are things that are easily fixed in advance. It doesn't take a lot of time, but you do need to, you know, think it through, get someone to do. And so it's really <clears throat> what we call uh, sell-side due diligence, which again is something that isn't quite as common. Everybody understands due diligence in the sense of you find a counterparty, they want to do a deal with you, they throw legal accounting financial advisors at you and they're, they do diligence you. So that that's the buy-side due diligence, the buyer due diligence mm-hmm. your business. What I'm talking about, and which is a little bit counterintuitive, takes a little more proactive foresight is is to invest the time to do your own due diligence of your own business in advance with your legal team to sort of clean up, you know, clean up the problems. So uh, because in this environment where execution risk is higher, it's way easier and more common for for, you know, your counterparty to just walk away from a deal um, for in for reasons that in a different, you know, upmarket kind of cycle would have been something they could have got over. They would have figured, you know, it's not as big a deal here. Those kinds of relatively small things can actually take on a life of their own. And 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 we've seen, in fact, you know, our our our, our experience this last 2022 year was we we had um, fewer, but not terribly much fewer uh, actual LOIs and deals sort of come to us from clients. But the big difference we saw was how many of those actually got done. And how many of them just withered on, on the fine and for a variety of reasons, often legal due diligence things sprouted up and it just killed the momentum. And there wasn't enough energy because of the, the economic circumstances of, of both the parties to to get to overcome those. So so that's the risk is your, your execution risk is much, much higher in a down market. Well, and you make a good point that 
when it's a hot market, you know, deals get done sort of regardless sometimes because people are, you know, really feeling the pressure to get a deal done. But in times where there's a down market, you know, it's maybe a more thoughtful, slower process and more things come to the surface. So I, even in, in that situation, I suppose in every crisis, there's an upside. So in every situation where it's a down market, there is upside as well that can benefit both sides. Yeah, that's right. But but to, to find that, you're going to have to take the time to proactively think it through before the opportunity comes is sort of what we try to encourage clients to think about. What are you seeing then as far as trends, knowing that the activity has fallen off? And certainly, you know, a lot of this series has been talking about whether there is a recession or is going to be a recession. I think that there's still uh, some debate about that. Regardless, I mean, there is agreement that we are in a downturn and that there's some pretty significant economic headwinds our way. And I'd say there's a, a consensus that, you know, that looks like it's going to continue for the rest of this calendar year. Would you agree that on the M&A side that your clients are sort of looking that far out and thinking, well, maybe I'll hold off because it's a bit rocky right now. Yeah, no, I, I think the short answer is yes. <laughs> M&A trends and the people way smarter than me are, are predicting that the downturn we saw in the pace and scale of M&A and equity investment in North America from last year is going to continue at least to the middle of this year. And I think at this stage, it's beyond the middle of this year. So as you said, you know, this year is, is, is not going to, see a quick recovery it's going to be uh, a bit more of a stretch so so i think you know like what we try to go through with our clients is like you kind of have two sort of an on off switch as you said you can wait it out um because really what we're talking about is is in this kind of market you know the bid ask spread is, is so wide in terms of you know what mm-hmm. the sellers think their assets worth and what the buyers think it's worth um is just so far apart that that you know, it's it's really hard to get a serious negotiation going on on a transaction because of the uncertainty and just the way the conditions are. Um, you know, the cost of borrowing in for M and A and and for equity investment. I mean, those those, those counterparties are are often reliant on on you know leveraging strategies which are way more expensive for them these days. So, their what they need to make a deal work goes up in price. So, so, so you can choose, as you, as you said, you can choose to wait it out, wait for that spread to come back together before you decide to go and do a deal. That's one strategy. Um, some, some businesses don't have the luxury of doing that where they're maybe in a situation where the you know, financial pressures are mounting. So they're, they're compelled to do something. So if you can't afford to wait it out, then you sort of, you know, the way I talked about is, is you know, looking at, as we said, you can do, you know, get get yourself ready for a deal, as we discussed. And then also think about what's it going to take to structure a transaction to maybe bridge that bid-ask spread that, that we've, you know, make a deal to, to, difficult to do. And, and in that, I think your advice is, you know, try to think like a venture capitalist. What do you mean by that? Um, maybe talk a little bit more about sure. that structuring and the mindset that would make a deal successful. Yeah, well, so, you know, I, I say think like a venture capital, a bit facetiously, but really what, what I'm getting at is, you know, venture capital investments, where even, even in an up market, they're, they're, they're used to dealing in a, with, a, with a transaction in which valuations are really difficult to peg down really specifically. It's a moving target, it's high growth often. 
Um, and so those kinds of that kind of mindset is what's at play in a down market where no one really knows what the value of a lot of assets are these days because of mm -hmm. capital markets and the re potential recession, et cetera. So thinking like a venture capitalist, I, I just mean by that, think of structure, structural elements in how you negotiate and put a deal together that can maybe overcome some of that uncertainty or or bridge that that gap on valuation. You know, so things like, you know, in a in a sale agreement, you know, coming up with uh, some form of earnout, so you can have a portion of the purchase price which is, you know, deferred uh, pending some kind of either you know financial metric being met over a period of time or uh, business development milestone or that kind of thing. Um, and there's a bunch of issues around how you best structure those things to get rid of the risk. And one of the big risks of doing that is, you know, you need to often, as a purchaser, provide a bunch of operational covenants, which we've seen in the past can can be problematic when, uh, um, you know, buyers want to have the freedom to to run that business the way they want to see it. And mm -hmm. sellers want to be able to have some control over be, being able to run the business in a way that it meets their earnout target. And, you know, in good times, you can have litigation. In bad times, that could really get ugly. So so you want to think that through. But that, but that is one strategy. The other is for, you know, on the equity investment side, you know, get more into um, a lot of bells and whistles around, you know, preferred shares rather than just straight common share investments so that you can build in, you know, liquidity preferences for investors so they, they get a bit of a floor on their return in, as a preference to the rest of the investors and they can protect themselves that way. You can tier different investors within a little waterfall around who's getting what and at what price. Um, there's there's a suite of kind of side agreements you can have in place with investors for providing with more governance input, which can be mutually beneficial. I mean, the investor gets to have a closer uh, finger on the pulse of what's happening in the business. Mm -hmm. The business gets the advantage of if you've got a good investor who's got the experience, you can have the benefit of them helping out. So. So you can structure all of those kinds of um, extra bells and whistles, and it can often, you know, it can be like three or four, or five significant transaction agreements that go along with an equity investment. But they're just, you know, the, all the permutations of how that works are are available to you if you think through, you know, what it is your business has in terms of strengths and weaknesses, and what which which one of those tools uh, fits best with with how to maybe attract and. And and as I said, you know, bring that bid bid ask spread together. Yeah, that provides that a bit more assurance on both sides too. I imagine mm -hmm. to be able to think through some of those factors uh, that you're talking about, because certainty, of course, is the one thing that everybody's looking for on both sides. And uh, there's never any certainty, but I think at the way that you structure it can add more certainty for sure. You know, we've talked a little bit about the pitfalls, so maybe a way to round out the conversation. There's some hallmarks uh, of successful uh mergers and acquisitions and you know i and also some really clear takeaways for for people uh, who might be listening in yeah well, i think just to summarize would be you know you you want to have a, a clear and a clean credible story when you go to the market um the when the when the markets were frothy and tech was hot and everybody was creatively seeing all these opportunities from the pandemic, um, and even before that, uh, in the up market, um, there was a lot more what I'll roughly refer to as financial engineering driving what you th thought your value proposition was, and, and investors mm -hmm. were going buying into that kind of thing. 
in a down market, um, you know, advisors, financial advisors and others are telling us that, you know, nuts and bolts operational performance is is really what's more attractive uh, when when there's all these uncertainties and the, the gee whiz bells and whistles around, you know, financial engineering or other high growth kinds of excitement that that we saw driving deals in recent years is, is not where you should be focused. It would be, you know, just get get yourself cleaned up, have a good, clear, strategic version of what it is you, you have to offer, and then uh, highlight your operational performance and have your team ready to do the deal. Um, we You know, and we've seen as well, I guess the last maybe takeaway would be, you know, in a, where a lot of companies are increasingly under this financial distress, um, talk to insolvency advisors as well, because, you know, we've, in our firm, we have a really strong insolvency group and um, I've got, I'm working on a couple of, of M&A transactions right now that are, you know, going to be really positive transactions for our clients, but they were driven by peering over that abyss into insolvency. Yeah, great getting, point. But getting advice to sort of find maybe, sometimes the insolvency situation can open up stru- structure opportunities solve your problem without actually having to pull a pin on, you know, doing a CCAA or some other kind of. Yeah. Thinking about what the options uh, are certainly more vast. Yeah. You know, and I I think maybe one other good takeaway is to have the mindset of Jimmy Pattison (laughs) and to look for those good. Always a good idea. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Even at 94 to look for those good deals because there's always good deals out there to be had. Greg, thanks very much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Enjoy talking with you. There's a lot to discuss on the subject of mergers and acquisitions. Thanks so much to Craig Hoskins for joining us today. Next week, we're going to dive into the subject of employment, and we'll speak to Andrea Rasso from Clark Wilson. Join us then.